0: Hello everyone and you're listening to Talking About Death. death wow, well, I can't even say the name of the podcast, that's always a great start. Talking About Death Will Not Kill You, I am your host Lisa and I am speaking to the beautiful Amanda today. Hi Amanda. Hi Lisa, how are you going? I'm good, lovely lady. Now, you are a podcaster, so first we've got to, we've got to talk mm-hmm. about that. You have your own podcast called It's Layered.
1: Yes, I have a co-host a podcast with a friend of mine. She's based in Czech Republic. I'm here in Australia. Wow. It was born out of, was born out of lockdown. So just a bit of our musings about life, really.
0: And and so are you are you friends? Did you know each other prior? Yes. We
1: met in high school. So we were friends now 20 years strong friendship. So um, predominantly has been long distance.
0: And different parts of the globe, too. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah pretty good. <laughs> now, I I met you through, um, again, this is my second interview with someone from the Motherless Daughters page on Facebook, the group that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot stress enough to people how this group is so wonderful. It It is such mm. a great support to all these people that have lost their mum and, you know, are having a bad day. They'll just put a post out there saying, I miss my mum. And Everybody else surrounds them with as much love in text message as possible. It's really a a lovely community. And when I put out there, you know, if anyone wants to share their stories of losing their mum or just death in general, that I'd love to hear from them. And I was so inundated with people wanting to talk to me. And I was like, (laughs) man, why didn't I do this sooner? It never occurred to me to do this. So you you lost your mum quite young, didn't you?
1: Yes, at 14. That's so I just wow. I was going towards my 14th birthday. Yeah.
0: Wow. Was she was it a sudden death? Was she ill for a long time? Um she had been ill for a while, but you know how it is,
1: you we get so used to life that you're like, Oh yeah, she's a bit ill from time to time, but we're still chugging along. And then when it happened, it felt sudden. Yeah. And I've had people react to me like, Oh, you, you kind of like knew it was coming. But you never know it's coming, really. No. Even no. if someone's unwell. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, my mum had um, was given 12 months to live. She lasted for 14, but, you know, it was only until um, she was admitted to palliative care. She only lasted two and a half days after that. That was still a shock to me. I knew it was coming, but, you know, you still don't realise, yeah. oh, it's right here. It's literally around yeah. the corner. Yes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just think, oh, yeah, you know it's going to happen, but it's a matter of when and when it does, it totally floors you.
0: Yeah. And we all know, like, The the normal order of things is for a parent, for a child to outlive their parent. We get that, we understand it. Doesn't make it hurt any less, doesn't make it suck any less. It's still pretty, um, it's a rough thing to go through. And for me, I lost my mum at 28, and I had two kids under my belt, and that was pretty hard. And I'm finding, navigating now with three daughters under my belt, gee, it's hard not having a mum. To be there as my yeah. as my spotter helping me or not helping me so much yeah, if I, yeah, yeah. she was just here to laugh at me that would be good too but she's not <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like to go through puberty and all that stuff, high school all that without your mum
1: yeah and now I'm pregnant myself my first child oh, I'm June in July thank oh, wow. you <laughs> so okay. like it's it's even added an extra layer to it because now I'm like Oh shit what well, now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the little things like asking
0: is this normal? Is that normal?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when you're doing your medical history, it's just so crazy how everything is tied to assumptions. Yeah. So they'll just be like, "Oh, what's your history?" Like, just call up your mom like she would know. Oh no. Nice. And I'm like, "Oh, I don't have that." Like, I I'm if you guys can't find whatever you're testing for, it must not be that. I, I don't have a point of reference. Yes. to tell you if I've had those shots or not yes. um yep. so yeah it's it's been it's been hard navigating it and then also constantly again reminding people because you kind of get used to everyone knows but now when you're like becoming a mom you're meeting up with doctors and scans and yep. people just assume and the amount of times I've avoided the awkward talk I'm like yeah no she's happy Meanwhile, yeah. I'm like uh you know just because I just if you're a stranger or someone I don't really talk to, yes. is it, like, worth going there sometimes? Yes. It's just like,
0: oh, yeah. let me just it's go with the room. flow. Yes, yeah, I've done that a, a couple of times too. I don't really like doing it, but sometimes it's just easier than having to explain the whole it's – a, it's, a, it's a lengthy story. Yeah, yeah. Like, do so, you have time? <laughs> oh, I have time now. I have time now. And I would – you know mm. what? Part of me wants to tell people just because – I feel like I need to educate them that you shouldn't just assume and make that assumption about people. Like, you know, it, I actually, I had a go, once I was in a supermarket and there was a, I, I assumed it was a mother and daughter walking through the supermarket and the mother was quite elderly. She was much older than uh, my mum was. My mum died when she was 60. Um, and I, it was young into my grief with, uh, with, my, with my loss and the daughter was talking to her mum like she was a piece of shit. And Mm. I couldn't help it. And I just said, dude, stop it. I can't remember my exact wording. I was much more graceful, Mm. but I basically said, Shut your mouth. You've got one mum, treat her with a bit of respect. Like, you know, I would kill to be in your position right now and I'm not. Yeah. Fucking stop being such a dick. (laughs) Which was the gist. I'm sure it was much more graceful for that at (laughs) the time. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure she probably went, Oh, I how you know, afterwards got off, how dare she talk to me that way? But seriously, a lot of people don't realise what they've got until it's gone I knew what I had and I still wish I had it and I never yeah. for one day took it granted but for granted sorry mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's one of those things um so tell talk me through losing your mum at, at 14 what was that like because I cannot even imagine that oh <laughs> it's so hard because to me that's
1: my normal and yes. like I don't have another reference to be like I can only imagine what the other side would have been like but it was very confronting you you pretty much grow up very quickly like you just realize that you're not just on your own but like, and my dad really did try he still provided for us he still remembered our birthdays but it's not the same as a mother's love yeah. you know it's just How many
0: siblings and he
1: have? I have two I have two other siblings okay. so he would have also been two brothers so that also makes it hard because boys don't really have that space where they want to talk about such stuff like yes for them it was just like oh okay but I don't know this is, this is a relationship that a mother and a daughter have yeah that's inexplicable like you yep. just can't yeah um and I remember just thinking this is probably the last time I can really openly talk about her because after that it might be hurtful to other people especially my dad like I find like a lot of times he's also grieving too so it's like hard because
0: yeah you don't want to upset them like,
1: Yeah. And I feel like everyone's going through their own journey and then you don't want to be that guy who's always like bringing them back. And it seemingly seems like everyone's quote unquote over it. I know they're not, but it seems, it seems that way at that age, especially. And I'm um, one brother's older, one is younger. So it was always like the younger one doesn't have as much like connection because he's like, oh, well, it's becoming more and more of a memory distant memory to me yes yeah and then the older one the older one had her for much longer so i felt like not that it was okay for him to say goodbye but his memory trove is much more fuller like he he learned how to drive with her he so it's almost like she had already like seen him grow yes um and then i was just stuck in the middle and i was a girl so yeah for me the journey was quite difficult and coming from zimbabwe which is where i originally come from um, tragedy abounds like everyone's gone through something yes so you find yes. when you're going through grief there's no space because it's like well join the line like who, who doesn't have someone they've lost you know like there's that <laughs> attitude about it yeah like yes you yeah. know there's yeah. that there's yeah. that there's that like I felt like there wasn't a space for it because those bigger problems quote unquote at oh hand. yes yes yeah so it's like well why are you Crying about that, like a lot of people are going through death, a lot of people are losing their this and that, and yes. So I always felt like I couldn't open up to my aunts and uncles either. So it's really, really in my head
0: a lot, like a lot. <laughs> yes, it's it's hard because I found a lot of people would say, you know, there are people who, you know, there would always be someone there would always be the comparison or the comment, that someone is always worse off than you, you know. Some people didn't exactly. have parent at all, and some people, you know, blah 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 blah, and um. You know, and I, I actually had one person school me and go, but this is how it's supposed to be, right? A parent's supposed to die. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I'm not retarded. But at <laughs> the same time, like, you know, it doesn't lessen my grief and and, and, and shaming yeah. someone to, to think, Okay, obviously someone there's there's always someone out there that has it worse than you. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't diminish your grief at all. Mm. Exactly.
1: Mm. And like, I'm going towards 20 years now of her not being here because I'm 34. So it's almost like, it's almost like some people have that attitude of, oh, aren't you over it yet? Like, you know, you've now, you've now lived majority of your life without her. Like, isn't this just life? And I find that so callous because it's like, well, would you be over it? Like, Mm. but I think people say it because they think it's comforting and it really isn't. It's really like, (laughs) no, I still, I still miss her, if not more. And the day she died, like, you don't understand. Like, you don't actually understand. Unless you're a motherless daughter, you don't get it.
0: (laughs) No. Anyone that thinks saying something like that is comforting really needs to check themselves. Like, seriously, there is no, I, even before I'd lost my mum, I'd lost relatives before, but I would never think of ever saying that to someone, like, surely you should be over it. Yeah. it Yeah. It is a unique thing. It's like, I can only compare it to. When you hurt yourself, whether you graze your knee or you bite the inside of your cheek as an adult when you're rushing your food because you're a retard like I do, you bite mm-hmm. your cheek and that bit hurts. And then something else will happen and the next day you'll bite the same part of your cheek and then you can go yeah. a couple of days and then it happens again. It is the grief. Over and over. Yeah, the grief is like that. So you could, I could go a full six months where I am absolutely fine is always in my mind and I'm, I'm, but I'm chugging along and everything is good. And that six month period could be because her birthday is not far from Christmas. So that could be that mm. that period. I could breeze through her birthday just fine. I could breeze through Christmas, not too badly. And then I find I have my breakdown moments in between these momentous yep. occasions like Mother's Day and, mm. and Mother's Day and my birthday are, are usually a week apart, sometimes even closer so I find it's in between these moments, and it's usually around the March to April moment. And again, yeah. I, I have another. I I I can pinpoint it. It's almost like a wave. I go through it, and it's 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 been uh, two thousand and nine. My mum passed away, so it's been like 13, 14 years. I think it looks mm. like that. Yes, thirteen yeah. years. So it doesn't it doesn't change. It doesn't get. I mean, gets you. You can have a moment about thinking of her without crying, which back then I probably couldn't have. But at the same time, it doesn't, you know, my kid will do something. My kid got her her driver's licence and then, boom, I'm back to thinking about when yeah. I got my licence and then blah, blah, blah. So you never really, you can't really get over something like that.
1: No. There's, like, constant reminders. Even if you think about your life, you're, like, you know, there's so much to celebrate. Even going through this pandemic, people were so heartbroken not to see their parents. So yes. now imagine the possibility isn't even there like it's just yes it's you just cannot explain it it's so hard and I find like that's why I love motherless daughters because like people just go on there and share their thoughts and everyone gets it everyone just understands without having to rationalize or
0: minimize your feelings yep everyone gets it too I find that not they get it and the support you get the comments you get uh, it's hard to, it's, it's it's almost like you've got a better version of yourself talking to yourself. They're <laughs> yeah, all in the yeah. same boat and they all understand it. And, yeah. you know, it is such a safe space. I've seen posts of women telling me of, of putting out there on Facebook. I mean, it's in a private group, but putting out there, they don't want to be here anymore. They want to end mm-hmm. it. It's just too painful mm-hmm. to live this way anymore. No one would ever fathom saying that. I don't think anyone would have the confidence or the security no. to divulge that sort of thing Sick. to another person. To put yeah. it out there in a group it's... is amazing. So yeah. we must be doing, There must be doing something right there because everybody has yeah. around going, talk yourself through it. This is just a bad day. Just breathe. It'll get better. It's, it's, mm. it's beautiful. It's really, it's lovely yes. to see. And even sometimes you don't even have to post. You could just be having um, a bad day. And then someone posts something and you you automatically feel the need to help them and to console them or whatever. And it it bumps you up and makes you just that little bit stronger and then yeah, it's still exactly. that day better. Yeah. And because the group
1: is so big, I feel like there's someone who always gets you. Like, you know, it's almost like we all take turns in, you know, either venting or giving that comfort. And that's, yes. that's the beauty of it as well. Like I just find like sometimes you explain it to your friends and they'll never really get it. Or they think it's awkward, like they want to hurry the conversation along. Yes. Because they're like, I don't know what to say. So, And most humans, when they don't know what to say, they try to avoid the conversation. Yes. So it's sad that grief is, and that's what I love about this podcast. You're putting grief, a light on grief, where it, it is okay to talk about. It is okay to hold that space and let that person say what they want to say. Even if you don't know what to respond back. Yeah. And I think for so long we've been like, don't talk about it, don't talk about it. like you know, so yes. It's good yeah. to see there's a bit of a turnaround with all these podcasts, including your own, mm. that are making people feel safe to say or to,
0: you know, relive their experiences. Mm. I think I think this pandemic has also highlighted the need for mental health and how, you know, people that would probably have been fine prior to COVID. All of a sudden, you know, being locked down, forced to stay in their home, um, Mm. you know, stuck with, you know, and some people didn't have a very good home life to be stuck in. You have to think about that. I was raised in a house where my mum suffered from domestic violence. So thinking, I didn't even, like my brain didn't even go there. It's so funny until I saw something on Facebook about it and it made me think, I am so fortunate to be in a house with with a husband who is very, treating Mm. me very well and I'm happy to be at home. I, didn't, I can't even think about if this had happened when my mum was younger, being forced to be in a house with her husband who, who treated her like crap and have kids yeah. um, at the same time. Like it's just, it, it forces you into that frame of mind, even if you're it doing does. okay, there are other people that aren't doing okay. And mm-hmm. everyone was vocal about it. Like I think everybody yeah, struggled yeah. mentally with it, whether you were already at a deficit or not. It made me yeah, also... No, completely. Confused. Hmm.
1: completely one of the things I knew I had to do when I left Zimbabwe and came here for uni was go through grief counseling like I knew I didn't have that resource at home but I knew when I came here I was like that's one thing I ought to do like and it's quite a shame that those resources are still quite expensive for most people you know to get access to you even see it on on uh, motherless daughters and people are talking about going to therapy and Hmm. it's it's now becoming more and more common for us to even talk about And I just hope it becomes more and more common and much, much cheaper and more accessible for people, because I definitely don't think I would have had that turnaround in my 20s without it. I needed it. I knew it was heavy on my heart and I just needed to have that space where I could
0: find a way to deal with without just sweeping it under the rug. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember how, what the year was, but I'm sure it wasn't that long ago that they brought in the bulk billing for the mental health plan so that you'd go the way you would do it now i'm sure it's still the same it's been a while since i've seen a therapist but you go to your gp and you explain to them and then they write you up a mental health plan which allows you 10 visits to be subsidized by medicare Uh, Personally, i think they should be bulk billed but that's just me um so they cover a big chunk of of it there are some places that will bulk bill i'm sure there are um a couple of times my therapist you know we did zoom sessions because i was having a rough day and she just said oh don't worry i'll just bulk bill it all so I feel like it is possible to do that. but just that needs mm-hmm. to be that needs to be instigated. And you've got ten visits. Yeah. And when your, your your therapist will tell you, look, you're ending the near of the plan. Go back to your GP and just tell them you still need some more time, and they'll just renew the plan. And and then they kind of go. So it's it's not. It is a little pain to have to keep going back to your GP. But yeah. Just it's just the same as having to need physio for a sore arm, exactly, or needing antibiotics or the pills so you don't get pregnant. It's just the same as that, same as um, taking antidepressants. I fought very hard with the idea of taking antidepressants because um, mm. I felt like it was a weakness that I was needing them. Um, but then I, I I realized I realized then and I know now that it is not a weakness. It's just like anything else my arm was yeah. broken i would take something for the pain um without making it sound too stupid my brain was broken it was wired wrong it needed mm-hmm. it needs time to heal and it needs me to be able to do that healing how yeah. how did you go with your therapist did you just just was it a nice <sighs> cathartic blah of everything I found like in the beginning, I was almost
1: sugarcoating it. Like, oh, I don't really know why I'm here. Like, you know, I don't want to really get to the crunch of it. And I think that's just because um, I'd hid it for so long how painful it was for me. And also we live with these stupid stereotypes of be strong and be this and be that. And, you know, don't air your dirty laundry and all those kind of things. So I think I had a lot of mentally I had to adjust. And get used to talking about it. Yeah, but when I when I got on board fully, it definitely was very helpful to me. Like just having that person to talk through things with, and and even though they personally didn't understand, they definitely gave me some tools that I could use or triggers. Like as you said, Mother's Day is always a good one. Yeah, like Christmas, yeah. birthdays. How do you deal with that? You know, yeah. and also not leaving it all inside. Like if my friends love me. They should also love this part of me, you know, yes. and I don't know how it is with your husband, but certainly with mine, he knows, like, he knows those triggers too. So it's almost like it's a healthy conversation in and around them. Like, do you want to do something for it? Do you want to just have a chill day? Do you, you know, and, and whereas before I would always be reminding people, cause I never let them see that part of me. I'd always be like, oh, you don't know what today is. Like, how can you not know it's mother's day and yep. get angry that he people didn't click but it's also because I didn't let them in on that level yeah so definitely helped me and like I mean I wasn't in therapy for for way too long but definitely I know it's a tool in my toolkit yes (laughs) I need um if I need to access it because it does help
0: yes so you said did you come to Australia when you were 20
1: yes so I came around 18 which is when we finished high school yeah, and I just came straight, um, straight from high school. Had a little bit of a break, and then came came for uni.
0: Okay, and um, so when your mum passed away, was she sick? Did she have? Was it? Was a? How did she pass away?
1: So she was sick. Um, she had a rare form of cancer, which obviously at that time, as well, again in Zimbabwe, having access is a bit difficult. Um, but they did try. She did try fight it as much as she could, and then eventually it almost becomes a, a question of should she let go so that she can rest? Cause I could see even at that young age that she was tired, you know, yeah. you, see, you see someone getting frailer and frailer and smaller and smaller and losing their spirit and just hanging on for the rest of us. Yes. So I think, yeah, we, as a family, it was kind of discussed to just let her decide what she wants to do. Yeah. And she'd had enough of fighting it, you know? Um, yeah. Chemo and radiation and all that are great, they're wonderful in terms they're of they're great. You cancer. Know. Yeah, but yeah. but like at Not the same time, else. they drain you. Yeah, and they drain you so much. So it's a matter of how many rounds or how many times can you do this. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and interesting enough, at that time, and I don't know if you know much about like African history, but there was the AIDS pandemic happening and People were just like thinking whenever you're sick, you've got AIDS, or yeah. So that was that as well. I'd get bullied at school, like oh, you're always taken in and out of classes because your mom is sick, because you know kids.
0: Oh yeah, and, they always find um, something.
1: Yeah, they always find something, and then it's like oh no, actually you don't know what this is all about. But like I found that the conversation in and around illness was also lacking. So um, and it was hurtful, you know, because I knew she didn't have AIDS. Yeah. But like it was almost just assumed because she'd been unwell for so long without really recovering. Yeah. So that was hard, too, because you're kind of like being strong to to just fend people off with their stupid ideas of what's going on. Um, But yeah, in some ways it was very character building. But in some ways, I wish if I could choose would not have had that happen i think my character
0: would have been fine it's a, it's a very around. cruel character building exercise yeah like, it really is there are some things it that really are necessary is. and there are just some things that are not
1: yeah and you put question why don't you like why mm. me mm-hmm. why this way why this soon why 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 and you never get those answers back really mm. so it's almost like finding peace within that like you would never know why you why you were picked out of why you and your family were picked out of everyone else. But um yeah, I questioned a lot of things and I think they just want a lot of answers. And part of me also leaving Zimbabwe to come to Australia was to start afresh, like have my own life here. And even though she will never know, like physically know the life I have here, I always feel her with me. Like I definitely, some of the meals I cook or some of the things I do, I, I know it's it's from her. Mm-hmm. But I think it's quite painful. Every time I go back home, it's a bit painful for me because it's it's just constant reminders
0: everywhere yes i totally get that i um so i grew up in a suburb in western sydney and then moved um just like 10 minutes away just so i could be close to her and now my kids go to high school in that suburb and walking mm. walking around the streets through there like sometimes i'll get there a bit early so i'll go for a walk and i'm walking the streets that i grew up as a kid and everything's a reminder and it's funny yeah. only only a couple of months ago i was walking and um, someone yelled out my mum's name as I was walking, and I thought I heard it. And then, because I had earphones in, and I took it out, and I heard it again. And I turned around, and there was this old um, couple who were of, sa- of same national nationality as me, Maltese. And they said, you your father's daughter." And I'm like, "How do you know my mother?" And they they used to their kids also used to go to the same primary schools. Me, so mum used to walk with them. And they remembered me. How the hell they remembered me? They haven't seen me. In, it, well, my mum, you know, died in 2009. God knows. I haven't been, uh, what am I, I'm 41 now. So primary school, 12. That's a long freaking time. It's 29. 29. And they yeah. picked me. And he goes, oh, you look just like your mum. And then I lost it. I so. um, started crying like an idiot. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I said, no, no, no. It's actually just really nice. And they knew that she had passed away um which was good that i didn't have to explain that to someone because could you imagine having to explain to someone after so many years oh how's your mum well actually i did that for a while that was that was fun but um yeah that was such a spin out to have someone remember me because of my mum i haven't experienced that since my mum was alive because she was always so it's a very weird thing to have to have called back i mean I've not experienced it anywhere else. I mean of course it's going to happen there because that's where all the reminders are, but even um I on occasion I've had to go to the same suburb where her palliative care unit was in Mount Druitt uh and that was hard enough just driving to Mount Druitt just driving the same way floods memories back with me and I I try mm-hmm. like I I do it but there's that bit of there's that part of my brain that just says turn around go back you don't need this turn around yeah. go back yeah um yeah. It's, it's difficult I can only imagine what it's like going home um yeah definitely so and like some of some of my relatives
1: similar to you they say oh you look like her and it's like bittersweet because it's like um yes. oh, I'm grateful they remember her and I'm grateful they still want to have that moment to share that because they could think it and not say anything yeah but um they still take that step to have that like she'll be proud or you know um I remember my grandma actually ended up she's passed now as well but she ended up having dementia and we went to bed at night and we switched off all the lights obviously and then she wanted to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night so I'm helping her Mm -hmm. and then she kept calling me by my mom's name she's like what are you like because now she's getting confused like I think a part of obviously you know how dementia is yes she knew no this person has passed but like what are they doing here? Like she just couldn't make the bridge Confusing and obviously yeah. she's asking me and I'm like, I'm not her. But then that even made it even worse. More confused. Yeah. yeah. I'm all confused. Yeah. But like, at the end, she just like looked at me and I just let her, I let her call me a mom's name and helped her to the bathroom, took her back. But like, it was, yeah, obviously when I put her back to bed, shed tears because it was just so right. confronting for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, wow but then also seeing the way she fondly remembered her and like softened you know like oh my daughter's here
0: yes oh that would have been lovely
1: yeah so it was like a weird like almost like (laughs) role-playing but like um it's those things I think that make going home hard because you enjoy seeing the memories, and that she's still alive in other people's lives as well—not only yours. Yes, but it can—it can be painful.
0: Yes, I do. I do love when people tell me that I look like her, and that I mm. sound—I know I sound like her. I—I I, the amount of times I've opened my mouth and my mum's has come out of my mouth—it's so funny. And I had an occasion <laughs> where I was with a friend, and her daughter said something, and we were all like, "Oh my god!" You opened your mouth, and your mum came out, and she kind of looked at me like, <laughs> "Oh my." She looked at me like she didn't like it. And I said, trust me, there will come a point where you will be smiling when that happens. And she goes, I know. She goes, that's not yet. I didn't want it yet. Her <laughs> mum's standing yeah, right there yeah. next to her. It's not like she's passed or anything. I'm like, no, 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 you'll love that. You'll love having yeah. your mum come out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. And you just realise there's a legacy with everything we do, right? Like, mm. you think, you know, she she might, have, might not have been known by the whole world, but she was your world, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's so... It is so heartwarming and I love it too. I don't know if you're the same when people share a story from maybe before you were born yes. or something and you're like you like hold on to them. you're like, tell me more. like my ears are like totally engaged because yeah. it's just it's just like wow, there's so much more to her or even when you see old photographs it's just, it's so nice, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I, I love that. My, my cousin Jean does that to me because she's the only family pretty much I talked to. I had a very strange relationship with both sides of my, my, my father and my mother's side. Obviously my father, I didn't really like because he treated my mum badly. So I'd never had a real relationship with that side. And then after mum passed, I kind of distanced myself from them for various reasons. And, but I have one cousin that I speak to out of my whole family. And every now and then, she'll like she'll look at one of my kids and she'll say god that reminds me of when you were little and then i'm just like drop everything i need to hear this like, yeah. because you lose your history there is no one you there do. that vouches for you when you were little like um the other day i think one of my kids asked me about something and i said i can't tell you that honey because only my mum knows that and i don't know that anymore
1: you know yeah. i don't have
0: anyone to ask sort of thing so mm. it's not just losing someone who's you. you lose everything that you can't remember it's all gone unless it was all documented down and i find myself now being this weirdo that's got books i've got a book for each of my girls and it's like um talks a bit about me when i was growing up and a bit about my life and then a bit and then the rest of it is about them when they were little because i don't want them to lose that chapter when i'm gone i don't them to because i i literally i i can't remember anything probably prior to I could I could probably find patchy things from when I was younger than 10 but really mm. I can't remember solid memories from before I was yeah no nah.
1: and the world is, was so different then now than it is now too like I had a friend who recently lost, lost her mom and she has all these photos and videos because obviously we're in a world where yes. you can document anything but like for me, it's a few cherished things. Yes. Um. So have, it's so different.
0: I have a few photos, no video. I have so. It's funny because um, my cousin came around and offered to take all the videos. So back when I was a kid in the 80s, videos was on a reel. It was not on a cassette mm-hmm. tape in a in a handy cam. It wasn't digital. It was on these old reels with like like the old fashioned film. And yeah, he offered to put everything that we had that my dad had on to videotape vcr and we got him to mm. do that and then we we're watching this video and i love my dad like well done he had a video camera and he thought he you know so he caught footage of birds and trees and a beautiful fountain <laughs> and kings cross and there was two seconds of me oh. that's the only video footage i have of my entire life until i'd say i was oh geez i want to say 16 Maybe more, yeah. maybe more. I don't have any video footage until that point. My mum, we you know, cameras were expensive, so we didn't get a video camera until much yeah. later in the piece. Two seconds of me walking down a hill when I was like a toddler. I think I was like two. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a foreign concept. Like, man, I've got my phone on me at all times. I can video. I can take photos anytime yeah. I want. It, is, it was such a different era back then. And, you know, yeah, one, yeah. the technology wasn't there, but two, you know, they were expensive things. Not everyone could afford yeah, exactly, exactly. a camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's so and true. The, and the quality is nowhere near what we have yeah. today.
1: I can't even really make it out sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all blurry and kind of scary. Yeah, it's hard to – people think, oh, that's so vintage. No, that's what mm. – that was the quality back then.
1: That was the not vintage. That was the latest was thing.
0: It. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was it. I remember when CDs came out and everyone was excited about that. God, that's fucked <laughs> right now. I know. You're <laughs> old. Um, you're not even as old as me, so you shouldn't even be. You shouldn't be relating to me. You got a whole five years on me, six years even. Um, but
1: back then, it didn't move as quickly as now. Like no, now, technology true. six years could be completely different. But back then I do remember VHS and CDs and it took a while for things to come around and, and even when they did, as you said, it was access. So maybe yes. your rich cousin or someone would have it, but you wouldn't. So that's right.
0: Yeah. It took a while. That's right. So to bring it back to to so your mum passed away in two thousand and two, were you there with yes. her when she passed?
1: So, and this is the funny thing. Like I always question my dad why this happened and it'll make sense as as I say the story, but she had to go into palliative care as well. And obviously people came over to visit and with kids, I think they decided not to tell us why it almost seemed like she was in hospital. You couldn't really, at that age, you can't really tell the difference if that makes any sense. Yes. But obviously all the adults knew because I can think of any uncle and any auntie I had, everyone came. So now I look at it in hindsight. I'm like, well, obviously my dad would have said we're nearing the end. Like, you know, people wouldn't just visit from all walks of life. Yeah. And then we all visited and we got to have some time with her. And my brother at the time, my oldest brother was studying in South Africa. So he was on his way back. And I remember us, I remember it being a thing that we have to wait for him. Like, you know, she's not gonna let go or something something of that nature, like where yeah. him coming was like a huge, it has to happen, we're waiting for it. And obviously now when I'm grown, I know what that means. Obviously, yes. letting go and probably hanging on to say goodbye to all her kids. And um, you know, brother, my oldest brother came and literally that afternoon, and then that evening we had our last visit and everything was fine. I distinctly remember someone saying to me, and I think they're trying to comfort me. And they're like, oh, your mom is so strong. She always like always has these near misses and like, you know, gets out of it and we keep going like it's going to be fine. And I think maybe when because the person said this, I relaxed a little bit. Yeah. I don't remember it being such a long goodbye or me really like taking in the moment. It was more like, oh, yeah, mom, see you tomorrow. Like we're going home now. Visiting hours are, are over. Yeah. And like we all said bye and then just left. But as soon as we got home and it wouldn't have been 30 minutes from where the palliative care was to where we lived. And then we all gathered and my, my dad, like we just carried on with our normal lives. And my dad called us all into the living room and he's just, he looks at me and I don't know why he looked, maybe because I had a, again, mother-daughter relationship. And he's like, Amanda, mom's gone. And I just remember like sitting there In shock. Like, what do you mean? I just literally saw her like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. And like the other lady said she was fine. Like, what like, it just didn't compute. And now everyone's like, you know, because there was other people around, obviously, other aunties would come with us or my brothers, and everyone's crying. And I'm just sitting there in utter shock because I just couldn't wrap my head around what do you mean? I literally saw her. Like, yeah, what what do you mean? I just couldn't, I could not get there. Yeah. And by the the time I did, obviously, everyone's also um, crying and all hugging each other. But it was just like, I felt like looking back on that moment, it was surreal. I was going through the motions. But in my heart of hearts, I was still like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, yeah, this is not happening. Like it was out of body. I mean, I don't really believe yes. in out-of-body or that no, kind of, but yeah. if I had to describe a moment in my life that felt yeah. out-of-body You sit outside spiritual, mm. That Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, who is this person who's going through all these motions, but in my mind, I'm shattered. I'm like absolutely gutted, mm-hmm. but it's almost like your body just goes into autopilot and knows what to do and that's exactly what happened. Like, mm-hmm. we just went through all the motions, you know, the funeral happened, everything happened, and the whole time, I think I was just out of body the absolute whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there specific um, traditions that you guys do in, in the African cu- culture? For, for- yeah, well,
1: in, Zimb- in Zimbabwean culture, definitely they go, they take the body so it does go to the mortuary and like everything happens, autopsy and all the stuff you would expect. Yeah. But then they almost yeah. release it to the family. And when the body comes home, certain people have to like wash it like, it's right. like, well, obviously it was washed at the mortuary but it's just a cultural thing where they get the body ready. And obviously we're not allowed and in, in, kids are not allowed, but like the older, and I don't actually know, I, I've thought about this often. Like now that I'm an older woman, would I ever be expected to do that for a cousin or for, but um yeah. And then that's pretty much what they do. And then they do, we just, we're very, very religious. So yeah. everything's tied to, the funeral all the church people live there and then a couple of weeks later you have what they call like a, almost like a memorial like another almost like another funeral for those who couldn't make it to the first one because obviously when funerals happen it's usually out of the blue so and everyone's spread out everywhere so then that happens and about a year later you get the actual tombstone that goes on there because in Zimbabwe it's pretty common still to bury the whole body in a casket and bury it as opposed yep. to cremating yeah so you all have a, a place um for you to attend and go to and put flowers on and every time I go home that's one of the things I do like even my husband I always say to him that's how you met my mom like we took a flowers and just a little shovel and stuff just to clean up all the weeds around and yeah. around the tombstone so that's pretty common as well and then I think pretty much after after the tombstone is laid so after a year it almost becomes from such a big support system it goes so small (laughs) yes because then it's like only the only the daughters and the sons would visit like no one else is going to come back to that tombstone and everyone has that in their family yeah so I think that also was confronting for me how supportive everyone had been and then a year later it felt like people had moved on yes like it wasn't such a having said that though people did have things to move on maybe someone else has passed away but yes. it just felt for me as a child. I felt like I was now constantly reminding people that this had happened. Yes. So yeah, yes. I had to deal with that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's not. It's I can't imagine what it is like for a kid because a lot of I know from adult conversations. You know, I'm I'm the one most not not so much now because I know I feel like it's a. I have friends who have lost someone. I have a friend who um, from high school that I I still am very close with. She lost her mum before me and we mm. we have that sort of bond together she's the reason why i started the podcast we had a conversation one night on a train um coming back from somewhere i can't remember we were coming back from and we talked about because we were both there when our mums passed away and i said oh, i've been mm. meaning to start a podcast about this she said, i don't know why you haven't done it yet like just just do it and yeah. um it came off that and having having that person You know, she like today I went to the beach. I went for a walk to the beach and my mum's ashes Mm. have scattered in the ocean. So Mm. every time I see the ocean, I visit my mum. So I say hi to her and everything like that. And I Mm. put that on Facebook that I saw my mum today and um, she said, oh, I hope you said hi to my mum too because her ashes are scattered in the ocean. I said, I always say hi to everybody. My auntie Carol's also been scattered. So, you know, Mm. other people probably wouldn't think to say that. Like it's a normal thing. But that's completely. Yeah. That's completely where I am. That is completely normal for me to have that conversation with someone and say, "Yeah, I saw my mum today," and they're like, "Oh, yeah. well, that's yeah. nice." Other people would find it like probably like, "Oh, that's a bit weird."
1: Yeah, awkward. What do you mean? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I can't
0: imagine people having having adults having to to do that with kids. Like I know yeah. you were a young kid. You were fourteen, so you were a young adult, but still, that must be tough because. Mm. I, I, I even get that resistance now as a grown-up, let alone, yeah. you know, you, you, I love people bringing up my mum in a conversation. I, and I know that people don't probably share that same view with me, but I absolutely, it's nice that people still remember her. I want yeah. to know that I'm not the only one sitting here thinking mm. about her. It's nice that, you know, someone else misses her, not as much as me. But, you, like know, you Get still, what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah must be very tough I don't do you you, does your dad still live in Zimbabwe or does he live here
1: yes he does so it's sweet that he when he goes to see the gravesite or whatever he'll send us photos or give us similar to what you just said he will say I went to visit mom today so it's it's he's it's lovely in that way like he does keep all those milestones but I find sometimes it feels like to me he holds on to talk about it until the milestones are happening but in the day to day it's not something we commonly refer back to yeah so it's almost like and i think you know also that generation they just don't you know and even i even asked him i said would you want to do some mental health classes or go and he's like no 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 like i found and obviously he's since remarried so i think it's also kind of awkward just yes. navigating that to but um
0: yeah yeah, it's it's, weird to say I was dancing with my current wife and yeah yeah (laughs) which made me think about my passed away wife yeah yeah and because she those anniversaries yeah okay yeah but I know that when the milestones
1: do happen she does take a step back and respect that space for him so it's one of those things I guess when you marry someone with a bit of history you also know that that's the way it is but in their day-to-day life I don't think she's much affected by yeah. you know, him grieving or anything. So, and I'm happy that he has a companion, especially when you live away. So, but it's just awkward because she will never be my mom. So yeah. even when I was going through, when I was going through my wedding and even I'm going through pregnancy, there's always, she almost feels like an auntie I can talk to, but not, she hasn't replaced that. And she hasn't really tried to, which is great. Yes. And I'm grateful for, Absolutely. but um, yeah, sometimes in our culture as well, it can be seen like, you're being disrespectful like what do you mean don't have a mom she's right there as they try and morph morph it like oh it's just it's fine just carry on with this new lady yeah but it's like no it doesn't work like that and i'm glad that she's respectful of that like hasn't pushed herself onto me she's just there if i need her
0: i or get not. that from my in-laws you know? and i our culture is like my i my husband is from a, a, like australian descent and mm. uh, um before my mum passed, they tried to, they wanted me to refer to them as mum and dad. And I'd always struggled with that. It's not something I felt mm. comfortable with because um, I had a mum, but it just didn't feel yeah. didn't feel right. I never felt 100%. Then by the time I had kids, it it was great because then I used um, Nana and Poppy to yeah. refer to them. So it allowed me to kind of get around that. So, mm. because, you know, um, I didn't think they would understand why I had such an issue with it. And I still struggle with it. And then when mum passed, it was even harder because I just, uh, that part of my brain that was resisting in the past that was quite dormant is now much louder going, but they're not your parents. They're not your mum. Yeah, of course. Mm. That's not what you call them. Um, Mm. But, yeah, and I got a bit of resistance to that as to, like, they couldn't understand why I had an issue with that. I never bothered to explain it because I didn't think I had to but you know i i I find that that it it crosses cultures it's just the thing where you know it's he is uh they are my my husband's parents and they are there Mm -hmm. for him but they it's just it is it is different for me you can't help it it's funny i was having a conversation with someone who lost her husband and she's Mm -hmm. currently in a new relationship and she can't help but fall into the the trap of occasionally having her new partner compared, she can't help comparing them to her old oh, partner, hmm. like that measuring stick. And I said, you've got to, you know, I said, you've got to stop doing that sort of thing. Because yeah. In saying that, I cannot talk because I, I am 41 years old and when something happens in regards to my in-laws with my kids, I am the first thought that pops into my head is my mother wouldn't do that. No, or, Never do that. Yeah. If my mum was here, she would be doing this. Yeah. And I, Yes. And oh, is, yes oh it's it is it's like living it's <laughs> living with this you know you can't you can't fault it and it, i feel bad that i'm not trying to do that i'm not trying to set them up against something that is in my eyes perfect she's not she was not perfect by any means and i'm not perfect by any means but it's hard to live up to someone who i i held in high esteem yeah yeah. you know you're constantly comparing to you know yeah um and, you know and in your
1: mind you feel like she would have known what to do as well like yes so even if it wasn't perfect for other people when they're looking outside looking in for you it would have been just the right thing yeah so it's hard to be like it's like you want to say you should just do that but they obviously don't mm-hmm. have that reference point that you do so
0: and it's it's quite odd. lovely in, in my life now I've got a squad of friends that I have I've had since since high school um, and the same person's in there, Wendy, that I, I spoke to who lost her mum. I've got a few new friends in there. that We've been friends since, since high school, so over 20-something 20, 20 years now. Um, and it's nice that I have them there. And if I wanted to just, like, have a bitch about my husband just pissing me off that day, I can do that. <laughs> I've got that. Because mm-hmm. that's something you normally would maybe reserve for your mum. And granted, I did that with my mum. Because my, my husband and I have been together since I was in high school. So we've been together since we I were 17 you. years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is basically, he's, he is like one of her other children. He's her son-in-law. Mm-hmm. But um, when I would have these arguments and I would go to her for advice, I just got, oh, but David is lovely. Don't. Just say <laughs> sorry and move on. And I'm like, are you? Yeah. Is he your favourite? She's like, oh, he's <laughs> such a good boy. So I couldn't even do, I couldn't even have that bitch session with my mother because I got the whole, oh, but he's lovely. Just be nice to him. Just yeah, say yeah. you're sorry. Yeah. It's you, not him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, obviously you are, you are very biased here and I cannot talk to you. So it's nice to have something yeah. that, you know, I've got a new way of looking at life with new means of support that, not not to replace but merely just to have because you do need that support you need Mm. you need that from a partner you need it from friends it's you know it's you're not trying to recoup what you lost but you're just trying to um navigate with with that system because you can't it's hard to do it on your own and that and hence the motherless daughters group yeah it is a unique um club that we belong to that no one else gets it like uh, even though my husband was there when my mum was sick he 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 welcomed her in she lived with us for a year um and you know was there doing things with me looking after her getting medication like he was he was on it it's still different from him mm. for him for me sort of thing i mean you know i he i count him as the closest thing Like as weirdly as it sounds as a brother because he was there with me with my mum the whole time um yeah you know, like I don't know how many times, you know, she'll pop into my head of a day and I don't know if that happens to him. And then all of a sudden he'll say to me, Oh, I did something today and man did it remind me of your mum. And I'm like, Damn. Oh, really? That's really cool. So, you know, it's and it can upset you at the same time. But again, yeah. I, I one thing I want to take to people that, you know, are worried about mentioning someone who's passed away, don't hesitate to prevent. Don't. Like don't yeah, don't hold back in mentioning them. They cry them fucking cry that is fine let them do that if Mm -hmm. that's what they need to do usually it doesn't come from a place of sadness it just comes the fact that they are so overwhelmed and happy that someone else is thinking of that loved one too yeah yeah and Um, I have
1: quality friends I have quality close friends who let me have like they've heard my story because obviously when you're 14 the stories are minimal that you have to share yeah and they let me repeat the story five times over and they still laugh as if they've heard it the first time and I know they're being a part of it is being indulgent a part of it is just but I appreciate it and I think that's where the love and the grace needs to be where you're like it's fine that people do that let them I mean I only have a limited amount of stories so
0: Mm. and
1: like my husband will never know her so it's interesting because yeah he's obviously heard all the stories I could tell but every time I tell something or We'll say it again. He will still like listen intently as if he yep. never heard it. But I appreciate all those moments because it's mm-hmm. like and it's quite funny, well ironic, I don't know, for us. Cause I always thought, okay, my mom's gone. I hope I'll get a, a lovely mother-in-law. Not to replace her, but just yeah. to try forge that friendship or relationship with with another woman in my life. And I met my husband's mom and then a year later she passed away. so it almost felt like oh my god like what is this you know like this is not what I had pictured being the consolation prize but like I'm also quite grateful that I got to meet her and we had a few moments and we do have a few memories and stories we can share and laugh about and now I can kind of replace I mean give that back to him like share a story that we've talked about especially because my husband's German so we had to fly to Germany to see her, so every time this is a story, and a, oh, I remember when she did this and that on the trip, and it's like you've told it twenty times over, but you still laugh at, yeah. at the way the characters were. And I think, I think that's real love, you know, mm. like having that person you can tell the same stuff to, and they still receive it with grace and love and laughter. So yeah, it's How good you have that, she had that
0: for you guys both. Mother's Day coming around, that you're both yeah. in the same headspace, you're both in the same mm. boat. That's that's uh mm-hmm. as not as much i mean being as I a guy always think it's a, with being
1: a guy I always thinks a little bit different but generally he's on board so he gets it so it helps
0: yeah yeah well it's nice to mm-hmm. you know just to have someone where you can just you know when those stupid catalogs come in the mail and stuff like that you can go oh not this shit again you know whereas mm. anyone else in the same boat would be going oh, i'll flick through it sort of thing like no i don't want yeah. that or force
1: that you to for that go that. to a mother's day lunch or something and you're like oh I don't oh want yes to
0: yes yeah. yeah Like everything's fine and everything's normal yes absolutely you can have a snack yes what do you want okay oh, children children are fun <laughs> how, how are fun. your children
1: it's it's interesting for me obviously being pregnant i always wonder how is it, like, for your kids, like, when they talk about Nona or, you know, do they talk about her
0: or well, question. My, so my kids, uh, my eldest was two and a half when my mum passed mm. away, and she spent a lot of time with my mum. So I was part-time, I was working part-time mm. um, before she got ill, so she spent pretty much... Uh, three days a week with her she looked after her for me so that I could work and not have to put her into childcare. so I mean granted though she was still uh she was two and a half when she got sick so she was three and a half when she passed away so she remembers little things and of course I've got tons and tons of photos of her with her Mm. um unfortunately my mum passed her she got sick a week after my second daughter was born so Mm. the first um the first fourteen months of my daughter's life was very, very crap. And I feel bad for that. But still lots and lots of photos, but doesn't really remember her at all. Um and yeah. subsequently I had another daughter which you saw wave as she walked past the, the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Um she was born much later than my mum was around. Uh, I I felt that our family was incomplete, that I wanted one more. Um mm. and hence she was born and I completely um it's so it's weird so I I was determined that she would be as exposed to my mum as possible so we would watch videos and my house mm. like my house um is filled with photos I have um frames mm. literally covering every wall of my house of everybody in my life and lots feature of course yeah. my mum so she would constantly see photos of my mum and if she asked the question you know she goes who's that I'd say that's Nanda and we'd We'd talk about it. And it was quite weird because occasionally she would be, so we sit on a particular part of my lounge where there is a photo behind me of my mum mm. and she's just mm. staring at it. And I said, I said, can you see Nana?" And she's like, she was, she was only really little. And I'm like, she's saying yes. And um, I said, do you see her right now? And she's like, no. And I said, have you seen her before? Like, no, no, that's right. She looked at the photo and I, I mean, I know I always exposed her to it, but she looked at the photo and then she said, Nanna. I said, yeah, that's Nana, mm. And she said, I've seen her before. And I'm like, what, you see her now? She goes, no, 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 but I've seen her before. And I don't know if it's, if it's because I was, you know, making her so present in her life. I do tend yeah. to think that my mum was around and maybe she was privy to seeing her that I couldn't because there was a couple of times, I swear to God, we would stand somewhere in the kitchen or some other part of the house and she'd be laughing over my shoulder and there'd be no one there. So I, I tend to think mm. I believe in that sort of thing where there is, you know, there are other mm. things around us that we don't understand. So I tend to think that my mum was probably around for that. And every now and then, like, mm. I don't know if you've ever had this, but I'd be standing somewhere and I would feel – so my mum used to always say when my dad passed away she could feel like someone touch her foot at the end of the bed um, and mm-hmm. she that, that was him trying to say hello – and I'm like, oh, Mum, you're full of crap. That's the stupidest mm. I've ever heard. And then I would be putting washing away, and I literally felt someone put their hands around my waist, like not even just a soft touch, like a really tight grip. Like mm. it was, it was quite obvious that someone was touching me. And I thought, oh, so there's a there's a dog that's walked past me, or there's a it was a person behind me. I turn around and there'd be no one yeah. there. So I'm quite I'm quite sure that she's still here and she still takes part in things that I do. Like it's it's crazy, you know. Like I'll, I'll I'll be do I'll be planning something, and I'm looking forward to it. And the weather is forecast, and like rain, 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 rain. And then this day that I'm planning something is the one day out of a 14 day stint that it doesn't rain. Like it's just mm. like I tend to see, like it was that was um I mean that was Mardi Gras that ha- that happened that day. And I remember saying to my friend who lost it because we were both doing it. I said, Do you reckon our mums had something to do with the weather? She goes, Oh, I'm sure they put in, like. <laughs> Some sort of leave request, just to have one day of no <laughs> rain, that would be great. So I I do believe those sort of things. Like I I am very open in my discussion with all my children about my mum. That's good. You know, I'll, I'll have a day where I just start crying, and they get it. They know, like, are you talking about mum? I said, yeah. I'm, I just miss my mum today. I can't. I can't tell you why. I just do, and they completely get it. And um, she is involved in the conversation like anyone else i I wouldn't have seen in months and months so Mm. i try my very best to do that um Mm. sorry (laughs) Mm. i saw her today so that's why my brain is like this Mm. but again like i said it's the slump thing i can't tell you it's funny because you know you can see facebook memories of years past it's it's the slump this is the time of the year where I tend to slump and I feel like I just I need to catch my breath mm. because before you know it, it'll be Easter and it'll be mm. Mother's Day and all that shit comes with it. Mm. But, you know, this is this is what normal is, you know. And I love the yeah. fact that I could be sitting here like this and my family just go, are you all right? I said, yeah, just having a bad day. And my husband will mm. come in and go, are you all right?" And I'm like, oh, i just thinking of mum. And he'd be like, let's get dinner tonight. Don't worry about doing anything. Mm. I love yeah. that that happens because yeah. it is. It's just you know you just you have to go with it. I don't. I don't fight it anymore. Mm. Sorry,
1: It is beautiful, Lisa. No, don't apologize, please don't. I'm happy that you could feel safe enough to to talk about it and to have. Oh, dude, I'll moment. cry
0: at the drop of a hat anywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm and you know for me it's cathartic to hear because someone who's pregnant, I obviously think what type of relationship do I want to foster with my kid about my mom and hearing the positive effects you've managed to curate for your daughter, especially your last one.
0: Yeah.
1: It's something that, I, is something that I would want as well. I want them to know. Yes. I want them to, to, to love her just as much, even if they've never. So thank you for sharing um,
0: how you've been doing it. Um, It's very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a shrine in now we have a room so there was a there was a room that we built on right before she um she got sick and we converted our garage into an extra room like a living space that we were going to do like as a Mm -hmm. study and when she got sick she moved in with us and this was basically the the room that i'm sitting in right now was the room that she Mm -hmm. kind of we made hers we brought in her um dresses and we brought in a recliner for her and we originally had a bed but when she got with the chemo the bed wasn't comfortable. And she mm. found that sleeping on a recliner was the best thing for her. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, this was, yeah, and this was basically her room. She had a curtain. So she – because our house didn't allow for her to have her own room. Um, it was yeah. too – so we, we did the best that we could with what we had. And um, since then we've changed it. So we used to – like, we were like, oh, this room, what do you call it? Like, do you call it the garage? We were struggling. Like, I mm-hmm. study, we don't know what to call that room, and now we call it Nanda's Room, and that's just the name um, that speaks. So um, it it's nice to have those sort of reminders around there. It's just, it's normal. It's not, I'm not forcing it. I'm not yeah, putting yeah. it upon my kids to, you must remember her, because I know they're not going to. They were too little. You can't. Yeah. You know, I don't remember anything from when I was three and a half, so I don't, yeah, of course. I don't expect them to, but... Um, I do it as much as I can without um, one, upsetting them and two, upsetting myself. Mm. It's tricky. But, you know, I always tell them I'm not perfect. I don't try to be. So Yeah.
1: And it's a part of life, you know, which is what I love about this podcast as well. It's grief is a part of life. And the more we embrace it, maybe the more we can appreciate living and the little moments as well absolutely yeah so good on you really pat on your back lisa
0: (laughs) thank you thank you has has so uh, losing your mum at such a young age has it made you change your outlook on life have you been more go and get that life's too short has it had that yeah
1: definitely i mean even coming to australia from zimbabwe people would think
0: that You'd want security to your
1: family. Yeah. And even um, I'm I think I'm like the mother in our friendship group, <laughs> which is quite ironic. But I think I'm just I see life with a different lens. Like yeah. I, not in a minimizing way, but even when my friends are going on and on about something, I, I kind of give them that aspect of it'll be fine, like you're fine. It's not the end of the world. It's we can go through this, we can. And, and I try to do it not in a way where I'm just a strong person who's never going to be vulnerable. But just I know that I know how bad life can be, I think. Yes. and You I think offer I a very
0: would... unique perspective on things that they are mm. lucky enough to not experience yet. Your gauge yeah, of where exactly. things get bad is much, much exactly. worse.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, of course. And and you can't explain it. You can't teach someone that. And no. I don't wear it as a badge of honour. Like, oh, look at me. I've gone through shit in my life. But like, I just use oh, it in a positive yeah. way. And like, if anyone wants to make a badge, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be hilarious. And my compassion level, I think is a little bit higher. Yes. Like even at work, yes. if I see someone struggling, you know, that that when there's are you okay day or whatever they say, you should just ask. And yep. I think for me, I always have are you okay days? Like I won't, yes. I'll go yes. there. Like, you know, people, people are like, oh, it's none of my business, da, da, da and it, yeah of course yes at the end of the day it's none of your business yeah but I think it's important to at least ask someone yes they can like, shut you down okay? if they want yeah oh, of you. course I'm half expecting it and I and that's fine too and I think that's why people don't approach because they don't want to be embarrassed by the comeback yeah but to me it's like it's worth it because yeah. for every single person that says yeah I'm fine and walks off mm. there's gonna be someone who says oh actually I you know I need you know and I think I've always managed to do that and um, I've held that in my friendships and I mean yeah I'm not perfect obviously Mm. but I do know that I have this caring nature about me that I probably wouldn't have have had I had like a quote-unquote normal upbringing and everything had been fine I think it's come as a result of seeing what the bottom is like and Mm -hmm. thinking I hope no one else experiences this um and I always try to operate from that space good intentions sometimes maybe it doesn't come across that way but yeah definitely um
0: yeah the care factor is high <laughs> that's awesome I, I de- definitely sympathize with you there it's yeah when you've got that level of perspective is that's how bad things can be although mm-hmm. I found myself um once I'd kind of uh, I developed anxiety over things because I'd always my um my sense of fight or flight had very had a very uh what's the word low threshold so after um after all this had built up so that was a new thing to get thrown into the mix probably a few years ago now and i'm just like oh jesus just send me back to depression it was so much easier to deal with that Mm. anxiety is a whole other basket of that Mm. that i didn't need and Mm. i've find myself being i've learned to okay on the grand scheme of things where is this level where is this level of how bad is this? No one's dead. Yeah. No one's in hospital. No one's dying. Okay. So this isn't so bad. Yeah. So bring it back. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's just the car needs to be fixed and it's going to cost a lot of money. All right. Just just reel it back. It's okay. Yeah. Still got, yeah. you know, I've had people, I had I had a very bad day after a couple of weeks of shit. And it all culminated in my car needing to be fixed. Um and I had the mechanic go, at least you've got your health and i felt like saying to him well i did actually i didn't actually feel like it I actually said to her, i said well technically i don't even have that right now because like my head is in such a fucked up place right now and you you know i get that he's got the perspective yeah. of you know it could be much worse i know it could be much worse i've been there i've done that but at the same time yeah it could be much better too like this is just yeah exactly just a bad day so i i'm very respectful and i understand that i wouldn't like see i never say that to anybody that that's yeah. like a bit of a slap in the face sort of thing. It's it's made me interact with people a lot different.
1: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Hmm.
0: If I ask for people sure. how are they, I don't want them to give me the blanket. Oh, I'm okay. I'm like, you mm. know, no, you can tell me how like yeah. and I've I have That's workmates that I... will just they'll just say, Oh, and I'm like, Do we need to talk? And you're like, oh, no, it's just this. And then all of a sudden we end up having this absolutely raw conversation about feelings and stuff. And I I love I love having that. Like yeah. I've, had, I've had such varied conversations with people because I think they just see that I'm just so weird. I've had conversations mm-hmm. where, you know, we, me and another person um, had a raw conversation about thoughts of suicide and, and methods of which we would do it. And someone mm. else that was, there was a, there was three parties to this conversation, but two of us were, were exchanging where we've, where our brains have gone at such a low and this third person mm. had no concept of it. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. concept of it. Like had a lovely life. Had no one in there. Like she literally turned around and went, "Oh, I've never lost anyone in my life. I still have my grandparents." And she seemed to be older than me. And I'm like, "You, mm. you are, you are a very lucky person." She goes, "Oh, I know. You're very lucky." I says, as long as you know that, that's all right. But she was like watching us have this conversation about, you know, "Oh, would you do it in the shower? Oh, shower is a great place mm. to do it because." You know, it Mm. doesn't leave a mess for your family. Mess, yeah. The most obscure conversation that some people would cringe at and going, that is disgusting. Whereas it was lovely to have this conversation with someone because it was normal. Yeah. Not a lot of people, Mm. that's not a lot of people's normal.
1: No. And Um, I think that comes with grief as well. Like you've gone to the edges of your thoughts, like, you know, Mm. and then you can then hold that space for someone else because you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, look. I've had those thoughts, fleeting thoughts as well. I've imagined this, imagined that. And I think that only comes as a result of grief too, because you feel so helpless. Like what else are you going to do? Oh, okay. Maybe I should just end this. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people who don't, it's overwhelming, don't have that emotion or that reference point. Probably, yeah. Wouldn't understand until they one day, sadly, walk through that um, experience.
0: Yeah. 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 I wanted to say thank you so much for your time. I have loved oh, talking to you. I'm sorry that I was a blubbering mess during this conversation. No, that's not, very not at all.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. I don't trust me. I. It's fine, completely fine.
0: Uh, look, and I have to say, I'd say my listeners aren't privy to it, but they've heard me talk about it before, so that's all right. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. one of those things. I, I commend you on the fact that, You did such such good with your life. Leaving your homeland when you were 18 years old, I still can't fathom what that was like. (laughs) Did you come alone? So you came over by Uh, yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Pretty much I only have one cousin over here. And he was, I was, I came into Perth and I moved from Perth five years ago, but he was in Melbourne. So we only saw each other whenever we could afford to buy a ticket to fly um,
0: interstate.
1: So it was, but I think that was, very much on purpose I wanted to give myself a clean slate and I did so I'm very very grateful Australia has been it's my home now I feel like it's just yeah I have two my childhood home which I love and cherish
0: yes and then my
1: adulthood which is what I'm going through now yeah
0: that's awesome I I can't imagine doing that that's such a brave thing for you to do I suppose that's something maybe that you probably Um, having gone gone through that at 14 that, you know, you just got so, uh, what's the word? Like you just grew up a bit faster than normal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. you move at 18. Honestly, I mean, my my father moved from Malta to Australia when he was 18. My mum came over with her family when she was much younger. So, you know, that's different. But I find that that's something that in that much younger generation, this is back in the 19, I would say this is 1950-something, that's something it was quite common to do. You come over for a better yeah. life sort of thing like yeah. that. And mm. for you to do that at 18 is just, I commend you for that. And I, um, I hope everything goes well for your, your baby. Um, thank you, thank say, you. June, July, um, July, July. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. A nice winter yeah. baby
0: too. So you can snuggle with yeah. it. Nice yeah. I
1: have shared, I share, when I got the news that we we're pregnant, I shared it on motherless daughters because, you know, again, it felt like, oh, I want all these mothers to, like, you know, hug me and make me feel. So, really, that support group is, people just get it. They get yes. what it's for. and
0: Yeah. yeah I love yes. it. And I'm
1: glad I made you through it too.
0: Yes. Um, and I'm so glad. Like, if, if one thing's good coming out of Facebook, it's that. Because it's just, there are yeah. there is good to social media. <laughs> it's not all good, but yes. there is good to yeah. social media. Yeah. And I will yeah. I'll give you a plug. It's layered at, podcast it sounds really good I'm going to start listening to it it's nice to um meet you and I'm glad and thank you for educating me in the way of um like African traditions too and thank you honestly I had no concept at all thank you so
1: so much for having me and when the episode is ready, definitely will promote it on my uh, platform as well. So yay! Yay!
0: Awesome! <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much for your time, Amanda. It's been lovely talking to you. It really, has. thank
1: you so much, Lisa. Have a good day.
0: Thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.